Hi, I'm Helen Joy Butler, and this is Musings on Sanctuary and Spirituality, a weekly podcast series where we talk about sanctuary, spirituality, and everything in between. As a sanctuary creator and elemental space clearer, I help people create sanctuary in their homes and lives in practical, emotional, and spiritual ways. In this podcast, we will be talking about sanctuary, spirituality, alignment, intention, and much more, all in the hope of supporting you on your own sanctuary and spiritual journey. I invite you to take time to pause, to settle in with today's episode, and if it feels right, to spend time journaling your thoughts and learnings afterwards. Because it's when you embody these learnings that you will achieve greater alignment in all aspects of your life. So without further ado, let's dive in. Welcome to today's Sanctuary Chat with the lovely Novali Wilder. Novali is a Danish actress and artist turned professional numerologist and writer living in Los Angeles. From 12-step programs to internationally acclaimed professional training and Balinese mask workshops, she has explored personal growth techniques and the keys to understanding and illuminating the human condition through all her work. Yet the years of training pale in comparison to the life-altering experience of changing her name with the help of numerology. Blown away by the potency and accuracy of this ancient esoteric tool, Novali decided to master it and is now an expert within her field. Novali is the author of A Little Bit of Numerology, host of the Numerology podcast and founder of the Numerology School. She offers one-on-one name change sessions, training, and talks about the sacred spiritual science of numbers and letters. All those links are in the show notes. So let's dive in today with the lovely Novali Wilder. Hi, Novali. It's so beautiful to have you here on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you, Helen. I'm very excited to be here. Well, we've already had a little bit of conversation around names and my name, but let's talk about you first, because I think it's, it must have been a journey for you to either make this step to make name changes, because, you know, we've already mentioned that in your bio. So can you tell a little bit more about, you know, how that came about? Uh, Yeah, well, it was not planned. I think sometimes you go through life and a series of events kind of points a certain way. And then later you go like, oh, that kind of made sense. You know, the doors opened in this direction. That's not like that for me and names and numerology and name change. Um, It was kind of random back in 2014. I had a friend who changed her name with the help of numerology. And I was like, which I often say, like, okay, now we're doing this. Like gluten, vegan, crystals, decluttering, salt lamps, essential oils, what have you, you know? <laughs> and I was like, okay, name change in numerology seems to be the thing we're doing now. That's a little extra. 
Um, but I was living in New York and I was having the same recurring themes in my life. And I had attacked them with my usual toolbox, which is very spiritual, you know, um, well, you don't know, but <laughs> I have moved a lot in my life and changed direction and like changed stuff around me, like decluttered everything. Like feng shui is also one of my power tools if I want to feel differently, especially if I have strong emotions, there is never a better time to declutter something than when you're really riled up. Uh, because there's a certain kind of clarity that comes from emotional turmoil. Um, but I had moved to New York and I was in this acting school and these themes kept coming up and I was like, why can't I move it? Why is nothing happening? Why is this pattern like re-emerging over and over again? Uh, and so I went to a numerologist and got a reading and a name change session and it was so spot on that it was scary. Uh, and I've had readings before, but this was like, uncomfortably scary accurate and she was like well if you do this and this you know uh pick these name vibrations because behind names there's there's vibrations so she didn't give me a name she just gave me a list of names and was like you know pick from here and it will get better and i was like okay this is crazy let's go so i did it i legally changed my name and then a series of amazing things happened you know i found love which had not happened before for a very long time years and years uh and it was true love and you know now i'm married to the guy <laughs> and i we won the green card lottery i decided to study numerology i got a a book deal offered to me i didn't even have to go chase it in any way and then later we moved from new york to la and that's how I got into numerology. Like I changed my name and then a series of really amazing things happened. And I was like, wait, what? I need to figure out how this works. So that's why I studied it. And I still study it because I think if you are passionate about a field and you, it's the right field, then it keeps being interesting. And every case or client, or maybe for you like house or home, it's like, Ooh, that's interesting. Like how does it work for this person or yeah, how, how do the names influence this person's life? So that's how I got into it. And then it's just the deepest rabbit hole ever. Yeah, I can <laughs> I imagine. Yeah, I don't see myself coming out of it anytime soon. But I, I love that because often we get excited about one thing and then, you know, it fizzles and excited about another thing and then it fizzles. But it nearly sounds like this is an amazing passion for you. And if I was to come to you and say, you know, hey, certain things have been going on in my life, can you help me? Then you get this excitement because it's, it's very bespoke. Like what you yes, create yes. Is, is mine. I just think that's incredible. <laughs> have you... It's um, the most fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can imagine. So where, where do you start if someone comes with, to you? I start with their birthday kind of like an astrologer. I start with the numbers in their birthday. And then I go further. This is where, you know, it becomes so individual is the name, the vibrations in the name. Um, because many people are born on the same date. And like, even at the same time, astrology looks at like the planetary movement and where the sun is and stuff like that. But we look at the names and in the world of today, we all understand what the filter is. Like we see it on Instagram and on photos. So we understand, oh, you can put something 
on an image of something that's real and then suddenly certain colors pop or certain imperfections disappear. And I feel like that's a good uh, image of how name vibrations work because they kind of amplify certain things about our birthday and our birthday holds our gifts and challenges and karmic lessons and personality traits and like the way we think about things and how we feel about being in the world. And then everything gets filtered through our name. And that's where it gets really interesting because say you have a life lesson about leadership, but your name vibrations are all about other people's emotions. And then like, oh, okay, I have a feeling of like, I need to get out there. I need to show up. I need to be a leader in some way. I want to be the first one, uh, you know, on the team. I want to cross the finish line. Like there are some achievements and success elements to my personality. I strive for that. But in my emotional life is all tangled up in other people's emotions and their drama and how they feel about me being first. Or I don't know if you're a woman, you know, how they feel about me being bossy and they are men and how that works in my family and my friend group and stuff like that. So it can become really like specific and interesting. And also, you know, people like to hear about themselves. We all like the story of us. Please tell me the story of me. <laughs> That's why people go to different readers of any kind, whatever we read. We're like, oh, please tell me you know, the story of me in an empowering way where I feel like, oh, right, that's me. I can do this. Or this is a superpower and not a weakness. That's also, you know, I feel like society tells us one version of what is a successful person, male, female, what have you. Um, and then it's different when you look at the individual. We really need to decide what success is for ourselves. And also like, you know, what activism looks like in our life or if you're into sustainability what the, what does that look like or love or like what does family look like for me um, so we can get really specific which is what I love yeah that's incredible with your own particular journey but then also perhaps with some of your clients what is the response from the people close say to you or to your client when you say hey well this was my name um, but now I'm going to be this is there, in your experience, what happened? It's, uh, it always says a lot about the other person. You know, like when change happens, I did a whole podcast episode on this actually, because someone asked me, how do I make this easier for other people? And that says something about both the person asking that, like, how do I make this change in my life easier for other people? But it, I mean, it's just really interesting because when people are like, oh, that's really hard to remember then I'm like, well, you know, I changed my hair color. You're not always going to be like, well, to me, you'll always be a redhead if I've been, you know, a brunette for five years or something. That would be weird. It would be weird to be like, well, to me, you'll always live on this address. Well, I moved. Or this will always be your phone number. Well, I mean, if you call, I, I changed my phone number. You can't get me on that phone number anymore. So I see, I see when people have a problem with change in their own life, they often react negatively to people who change around them, where if people are good with change and are, you know, first movers themselves or like, you know, feel good about that, then they're usually super supportive. And I mean, I feel like the hardest thing is often our expectation. If we think people are going to take it badly, it's also, I mean, I say, don't ask anyone for permission 
you don't have to you don't have to ask anyone for permission to color your hair or move or change your phone number or change your name it might sometimes feel like we owe our parents something but all we owe them is to be the best version of ourselves. And if that means, you know, you're more happy with a different name. And often people also have stories. You told me a story about how you were named. Some people have really negative stories about like they're named after someone their mom actually hates. Or, you know, like an aunt that's not a friend of the family anymore. Or they're named something where, while I really think everyone should make an effort to uh, pronounce, you know, the name that a person is given and not be like, Oh, I can't pronounce this because there might be some slight racism I see sometimes with people where like it's very hard to say a certain black person's name, but you can you can you know you can say Timothy Chalamet or whatever his name is. Like there is also sometimes cultural things where I'm like, it should be easy for people to be like it's important that I say your name correctly, and then they should learn it. But sometimes it's also like if it's really hard for people to spell it and you like your pet name or whatever you go by something else, then there might be a reason. Mm. It might be a feeling, you know, some people never like their last name and like, Oh, can you just please not call me that? Or like, I mean, I had that with my old last name. I never liked it. Always had to spell it for the people who found it fun to just call me my last name. I was like, okay, I guess I'm not talking to you a lot because you're not picking up on the, on the fact that I am not, you know, happy when you call me that name. Yeah, and it's so actually, there, there is a lot in that. Yeah, there, there is a lot in that, isn't there? And also, because I'm as you're talking, I'm reflecting on my own childhood. And as I've already mentioned to you, I'm a twin. And the reality is, I haven't spoken about my twin a lot because she has a right to be an individual, as mm -hmm. do I. And there's obviously a lot of nuances around identical twins and people's perception of them, even as grown women, <laughs> not just little children. But when we were growing up, it was, you know, I would obviously get called her name. She would obviously get called my name. And in a number of instances, particularly at school, the teachers just wouldn't even bother to learn which one yeah. was which. And they do things like put, my sister reminded me of this only last week. She said, you know, one of us would sit in the front right-hand corner of the classroom and one would sit in the back left. And the teachers thought they were really clever because they then knew who was which. But then, of course, we'd swap and they wouldn't have any idea anyway, which is really <laughs> funny. Um, yeah, but, no. but the fact that there wasn't even, that's just our situation, but the fact that there's not respect around knowing who's who or how to even pronounce your surname or, or you know, spell it properly. And really, I mean, people don't exist to make other people's lives just easier. Sometimes I'm, like, appalled at the... I'm going to do this because it's easier for me to just dismiss or be like, you know, any one of you is Rachel or like Helen, you know who I'm talking to general yeah. direction. I feel like it's super rude. I have yet to meet a, a twin, even identical twin where I didn't kind of fast realize that there are slight differences, no matter what there are slight differences in, and you need to pick up on that. It's just really weird to not, pick up on that like really I find that like a little bit rude and I mean even overwhelmed teachers need to like just take a moment <laughs> take yeah. a moment and, yeah. and acknowledge because it also I mean becomes a story like just as um and say you have a really common name I remember in one of my classes we had five guys named Thomas and four girls named Louise 
And all these Thomases got nicknames and all of these Luises got nicknames. But I could also tell they all felt like a little less than. They were just one of the Luises. Like sometimes the teachers would just be like, we'll have Thomases in one, like if we had to be groups, let's just put the Thomases in this group and the Luises in this. And they, I'm sure they meant it to be easy, but I was like, all of these Luises are like, they're individuals. We, we'd like to be acknowledged for our individual contribution. And that also goes for our names. Yeah, exactly. Well, should we share how I was named? Would that be yes. helpful? I think, yes, I think <laughs> Cause, so. Because we spoke about that, you know, before we pressed record. But mm -hmm. I was um, sharing with Novalee for the listeners that my parents found out a week before my sister and I were born that they were having twins. Now, they'd already had an older daughter and son. And obviously we're expecting one child to make a family of three. But a week before they found out, they were having a family of four. And my mum liked the name names Rachel and Rebecca. And my dad didn't like them. So the story goes that dad, sorry, mum wrote this big long list and gave it to dad. And dad then said, I like the top four names. But And my name was at the top. So Helen was at the top. And then there were the three other names and they kind of just did a jiggle around to see what kind of flowed better and thus you know where Helen Joy came from but I really think that somebody was looking over that process um, yes. you know a higher source was looking over that process knowing that that name would be supportive of me in my journey in this lifetime and I actually feel really blessed to own it but I can also get the understanding particularly if we have children and we're naming our children um we say we like that name or that name came from this person or it's maybe a family name that's passed down through generations uh, like my middle name and my twin sister's middle name are now kind of passed down to nieces um mm. which is really lovely and the energy of those is you know now part of their journey as well yeah so i'm not really sure where i'm going with this question but did some people perhaps come to you and they think well you've already said you know i don't like my surname um but do you see some kind of pattern with the people who are wanting to change their names yeah i think uh depending on where you are in your journey as a numerologist you get different clients um, in the beginning, I got, you know, the first circle, like friends and family, people who found me and who were interested. And now I'm a little more established. I've been doing it for a while. Um, people, you know, Google and find me for different reasons and, and have different, I mean, that's also like, sometimes it's so, it's so interesting. I had someone where, um, the numbers in their name vibrations, so the vibration behind their name, were numbers that were this person's lucky numbers. So somehow, on some level, the download had been there of like, these are my numbers. And then also in the conversation about like what needed to change, we talked about what each number attracts or repels in this person's life. And I see it in families, you know, people pass down more than just a last name, the vibration behind um, multiple names can be the same. So uh, once in a while when people are like, well, just give me a name list with good vibrations. And I'm like, I can do that, but that is not a session because everything shifts. Uh, we look at a numeroscope or a numeroscope as numerologists and we look at all the numbers in play. And if you take out one number, 
this is math, then the equation changes. You know, it just makes sense if we take out, if we took out joy, just the name, from your name, everything will shift around it. It's not just like one thing. It's not like just painting a red dot on a, on a, on a painting and being like, now there's a red dot, nothing else changes. That actually changes the whole composition. I mean, that makes sense on every level. If you add or subtract anything, everything shifts. Um, but I see that when people are like, okay, give me a list of good vibrations. And I'm like, okay, here you go. And then they're like, I don't like any of the names of these hundreds of names on this list. And I'm like, yeah, because none of them have your vibration. Like you don't know any of these vibrations. So, even, so the name is not going to feel vibrationally like a, like a match because we pass on what we know. So I would also probably think that if you looked at your mom's and dad's numbers and their vibrations, there might be the vibration behind Helen or Joy. Or, you know, like also sometimes I see really beautiful vibrations that I would give to a kid if I could in a family. And I see that they only run on like the dad's side of the family and he is insistent. And this middle name has to be passed on even though he doesn't know why he's just like, that's, that's what I feel like my kid needs to have this middle name. And I'm like, yeah, cause some part of him or vibrationally or souls, whatever you want to call it is like, this is what I need. This is what I need to have a certain amount of experiences in my life. And then when people come to me, I see it as a soul saying, you know what? I tried this out. I would like an upgrade or a change out, you know, like new players on the field, new vibrations, new filters on this life, because I have tried out these and they're okay, but I think I've learned my lesson and now I'm trying out something else. Yeah. And it's nearly like, you know, for example, dad in that situation gave me that vibration and I've tried really, really yeah. hard, but it's just not me. So now it's time to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to yeah. And also, time. you know, like there's just in many, many cultures, name changes are a part of like uh, rituals of passage, like from childhood to teenage, I mean, maiden to crone, like we just change. I mean, in different cultures, you change your name or you add something. And I mean, one of my nerd holes are like different cultures where I think you can't change your name at all. Like if you're French, you don't change your name. You get married, you don't change your name. If you've moved to France with a, like, say, an American name, you have one chance to get a, a Francified name. And that's if you decide you want to be a citizen of France. And they're like, you know what? You've got one chance right now. If you want a more French sounding name, this is now when you do it. And then never again. And other cultures and, and places in the world, like in the U.S., we don't have a lot of rules. There are states in the U.S. that have no rules at all about, you know, I mean, in Denmark, where I'm from, um, children that are born as boys have to have a boy name. Can't pick anything else. Can't have a girl name, can't have a something girl sounding. It has to be a boy name and the same with girls. And then of course, in this day and age, there are times where people don't want a male sounding name. They might identify as gender non-binary or they might have different feelings about having certain very gendered names and i mean i i say thank you to some celebrities who are naming their kids wacky names because they're actually breaking down some of the norms because sometimes people also just follow it like it needs to be a very masculine name yeah for whatever reason or very feminine 
Yeah, and also, you know, the fact is we've got this child born into the world. We don't even know their personality yet. And we've no. planted them with this thing called a name because that's kind of what we have to do. Um, and I don't know, as, as a parent, I just, you know, cross my fingers a little bit and think that <laughs> hopefully yeah. it's, it's you know, well, vibrationally so far it's worked. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. I would be totally Well, I mean, it's also if there's a story. If there's a story, I see that with people where like, yeah, I knew from I was five years old, I wanted a different name. Then I was 18, I finally found someone to help me. And I'm like, good for you. Uh, because sometimes the, the, they, people realize it fast. And for others, you know, name change is not for everyone. Not everyone needs to change their name because that's changing your life. Like not everyone needs to redefine themselves or mark a time, like a passage in any way. But other people do. And I, I mean, I see it with divorces sometimes when people are like I took his name and I never liked it I was like okay red flag number one why did you do it mm. <laughs> I'd like no and no did you were you forced because then that that was like the very first red flag but I mean I say that to anyone who's getting married and they're like oh is it a good idea to change to his name like do you love it do you absolutely love his last name because then maybe vibrationally that's also a match but if everything is good and no one's being forced stay with the name you have because that filter is also how you met him or met her or met them. Mm. This is the kind of person they married. Have you so got any you thoughts? Change... Sorry. No. Just, have you got any thoughts? No, but just that? like if you, if you, yeah, if you change your name uh, in marriage, then that I would say that it's not weird to me when people after a while say like they have changed. And I'm like, well, if, an, if a name change was involved, then that makes sense to me. Something's shifted. Yeah, yeah. So what if I decide to hyphenate or something like that with a surname? Hyphens don't really matter. Mm. Uh, little apostrophes and, you know, letters that look slightly different in a different language. We don't really look at that. All the little dots kind of disappear. Yeah, yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, so we don't use that. Like a hyphenate, is, it's, still two, it's still two names. If we really made it one name, we would push them together and remove the hyphen and then it would be something different. But a hyphen is a weird way of saying there is still space between these two, but I combine them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm keeping my distance, but I'm together with this, yeah. with this person. Yeah. So do yeah. you think, Novali, that the work that you're doing is your spiritual calling in the world? Yeah. I did not know that I was supposed to do this, but uh, apparently I am. I mean, that's one of the things that came from my own name change is that I have been knocking on a lot of doors, not physically, but I had been knocking on a lot of doors for a long time. And I felt like they kept just being super closed and doors in my own heart, doors in my life on, on many levels. And then after my name change, things started opening. And, and one of the lessons that I've learned is that success or open doors can be just as challenging and scary as closed doors. Because sometimes we can put so much weight behind the fight to get through something and it feels like a purpose because I'm fighting so hard or like it's an uphill battle that must mean that I'm on the right track. And I can just say now that my life is not like that, I'm like, ooh, ease is an interesting um, guide and probably took a while to get used to 
yeah, I'm still getting used to it. <laughs> I'm still sometimes waiting for the sky to fall and, and realizing, you know, humans have negativity bias. Like we like to look for the faults and things and the things that are not working. And sometimes I'm like, okay, are we looking for faults right now? Because we don't have to, like, it can be easy. It really can. Yeah. And, and that is such a beautiful thing to hear. Because often we don't, many people don't think that. They think it has to be hard. I have to push in whatever aspect. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I couldn't hear, like what I'm saying right now, I probably couldn't hear five or six years ago. Mm. If people were saying it doesn't have to be hard, I'd be like, I don't think you're living my life. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's sometimes the thing where like, if people say like, I've been saying this forever, then I go like, well, I'm only just hearing you now. This is a business lesson too, right? Like sometimes you just need to repeat yourself because someone is looking for someone to say what you're saying and you need to repeat it, repeat it over and over again because they might just have woken up to that fact yesterday. Yes. And and they need to hear it. They need to hear it today as opposed to yesterday or three weeks ago or three years ago. So one of the things we talk about on this podcast is any kind of spiritual practices that we do because often we as a collective you know we read the book or we hear someone talk and you know or we think we've got to do this practice or that practice and whatever and under this kind of banner of sanctuary I'm trying to help people see that they don't actually have to do what Helen does or what Novali does or what anyone does they have to do what feels right for them and that as we've already spoken about this concept of the vibrational match for them so if you're happy what kind of spiritual practices you know are you able to share with us that you do whether it's daily weekly monthly once a year um just to keep you on track Mm -hmm. i think uh i have realized over time that whenever i'm looking for answers instead of dilly-dallying around not really asking just like surfing the internet for readers or like kind of asking my tarot cards or kind of doing something in my life it is that moment where like I get still and I actually ask the question or like I maybe I write it out kind of like if you're in a Facebook group or an Instagram whatever uh, page and you're just about to actually ask someone you know you're writing your little comment you're like hey I'm having trouble with this this is my question I kind of feel like when I sit down and actually ask the question I don't actually have to post it in the Facebook group and that's also the spiritual Facebook group or like the the I don't actually have to go ask people if I am serious about the question so I try to make moments in my day that are not panic scrolling on Instagram or falling into my inbox or whatever other technology hole is there. I try to have those times where I'm phrasing the question or, you know, whatever I'm asking for, because I feel like often I am asking, I'm like, is this the right thing? Or how should this be phrased? Or should, is this the right step? Or who am I in the situation? Or how do they feel about it? Because I also know that my ego wants to be right at all times. And then I I phrase the question and then I get the answer immediately. And I might not be able to fully phrase whatever the answer is, but like those moments of like really asking, being really honest and really asking the question, how you would ask it from someone where you want the answer from them. That's one of my spiritual practices. 
I also try to meditate, you know, I do my crystals, I clear my house, I do a lot of like physical moving around things that I feel like help, you know, if you're having a bad day, go vacuum <laughs> or something, you know, sometimes it helps just to clear the air, but when I get really specific in asking, then I get whatever the answer is, even if I don't want to hear it, you know. But do you know what I, I love about that is, I mean, many things, but I think when, by making the question concrete, by yes. having the pen, having the paper, writing it out, instead of letting it flow through your brain in whatever way, fashion or form it decides to, because then it grows into this thing, um, by yeah. actually going, what is the root of this? issue this question this concern this thing i need support with and actually physically writing it out that in itself brings clarity around the question you're asking what, what words are you using you know sometimes i have that thing where people are like these are my you know i see i, see, I spend a lot of time uh on instagram and facebook and like i read people's questions and long form you know uh posts and i see like what are the words you're using over and over again and i can tell that even just writing down a question i can see if am i already apologizing for having a need like am i already saying well, i'm really sorry to ask this even if i'm not going to ask anyone else but like i'm sitting for myself thinking i'm really sorry to ask about this silly little thing and often that's because i have a need i have a need that i need to say like this is actually a need not a silly little request or a want, but an actual need. Like maybe I need, we were talking about <laughs> dressing yeah. up a little bit in the quarantine. Like maybe I need to feel like a person again. You know, like my need is to, to feel like, I'm, like I matter and that I have something to say and that I'm a fully <laughs> dressed person with a purpose. And then like, oh, okay. So the question is like, how do I make myself feel like I matter? Because of course I do, you know, of course I matter. And then, you know, sometimes it's like, okay, well, what are the steps? Because anything physically and mundane can be a spiritual practice. So, you know, shower and put on clothes, yeah. <laughs> put on lipstick, put on clothes. Like that's actually like calling attention back to me and not think that I have to meditate for three hours to feel like I matter and that I'm spiritually aligned, you know, tending oh. to my needs. Exactly. And that's, see, when I talk about the sanctuary stuff, I talk about this practical and this spiritual because it's the practical that connects with the spiritual, but it also doesn't have to be huge, right? Like no. it can be the simplest of things. And I'm, I'm going to kind of put this out there that maybe if you write a question and you've already said you get the answer instantly, it's probably the time leading up to writing the question that's much longer and much more. It's, I mean, showing stressful. up is the hard part, right? Like getting yeah. to the yoga mat or like making your ceremony ceremonial cacao or like cleaning your crystals or whatever spiritual humbug you do <laughs> it's actually showing up once you're there it's kind of easy you know sitting down and you know writing the question that's the thing we we i mean i also see i see it myself like the panic scrolling on instagram when it's just like mindless you know and then i'm like okay what do i need well i need to remove the app for a while and then i need to sit down and have a conversation with myself mm. Yeah, because what also, doing? you know, as readers, again, like what people are going to tell you is the story of you, which we need to hear again and again, you know, like, mm. oh, right, who am I? What do I need? How do I feel good? You know, 
Yeah, and knowing that it's okay to evolve through that process because that's what we're here to do is to evolve. We're not here to be this, like I'm certainly not the same person I was even three months ago. Um, I'm sure no. you're not. And I, I mean, that's like, what, what is the purpose of life? Having fun and figuring out who you are. Yeah. And both change over time. What's fun changes over time and who you are also changes, you know. But these, I mean, at least for me, that's like, okay, it's supposed to be fun. It really is supposed to be fun. And it's mostly fun when I'm myself (laughs) and I know what I want. Yeah. 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 And that can take, that takes time to get to, to know yourself. Continuously. Also, you know, life is not like a school when we grat and like once we have no more problems, then we can die. I don't think it's like that at all. I think we can just continue having fun on a higher and higher level. Definitely. So when you hear the word sanctuary and overly, what does instantly come up for you? I love the word because it, to me, um, it feels like being safe. When, when I think about sanctuary, I feel, I feel like there's a part of it that's safety and comfort. Um, and I, I grew up in a home that did not feel safe which had actually led to me not having to have a home in like a, such a normal sense of the word. Like when people talk about being homesick or being homesick as kids, I never had that feeling. I did not long to go home whenever we went on a trip or a camping trip or a school trip or whatever. I was like, when people were crying themselves to sleep because they miss their mom and dad and their home so much, I was like, I don't have that feeling at all. So the sanctuary can be anywhere but it has that feeling of feeling safe. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I feel like for that, that I can, I can create safety for myself in many ways. It usually has to do with movement, actually. Like, I feel like yeah, I don't need to be too stuck in a chair or a place. The, the thing about sanctuary right now, you know, in 2020 for me is actually being able to leave my house like being able to move on the street and have interactions and say good morning <laughs> to a neighbor, that feels like freedom. And, and that's actually sanctuary to me, like being able to push the feeling outside of my home. Because yeah. I feel like also on a higher level right now, we are being triggered around like what feels safe, who feels safe, and what spaces do we feel safe, who are we making other, what parts of ourselves are we making other. Um, so I feel like pushing sanctuary out to be bigger than just my home. Yeah, sure. definitely. And to be able to um, encompass whether that's the other people you live with, your community and so on. I, I really firmly believe that, that we yeah. need to create that sanctuary in ourselves so that we are such, we're so bound to the feeling of that sense of safety that we want yeah. it for everybody else and to the ripple effect yeah. of our change will be hopefully impacting them as well that's beautiful yeah, so I if think you... it's also just for to, yeah. <laughs> to wrap it up it just feels like it's not uh make it's never making myself smaller it's always feeling like i can expand because i i that's a red flag for me or like i notice where like ooh, am i like retracting am i like making myself smaller in this situation am i pulling my energy close am i sipping myself up you know, am I wearing black <laughs> to, to shield myself from the world? Because that never works for very long. Mm. Mm. It works in a dark alley, but it doesn't really work in life in general. So like, you know, sanctuary is also being able to expand. Yeah, I love that. 
I love that. I think we need to make that little little logo, little gif. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if Good you were able, if you were able to leave the listener with one piece of advice on their sanctuary journey, what would that be, nobly? Yeah, I think it was, you know, <laughs> the thing I just said. Like, you know, <laughs> it's it's always interesting to look at areas where we go backwards, retreat. Like look for the areas where you're retreating and no matter what tool you have in your spiritual toolbox, if, if there is a way to turn that retreat into an expansion, because that's also like, you know, we need to feel our feelings. I firmly believe that humans are meant to feel. So like sometimes also creating the space to feel because feeling is healing and <laughs> stuff like that. So yeah, I would just like notice where you retreat and see if there's a way to expand. Sometimes yeah. that's so easy. That's hard, but the easiest, like little, um, I don't know, moment of finding more joy. It's like, is there any way of enjoying this moment more? Do I need another pillow? Do I need more hot tea? Do I need to send that email, even though it's horrible, but just so I send it so I can not worry about it anymore? Like, do I need to set that boundary? You know, because boundaries are also very expansive. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Thank you, Novali. This has been an amazing conversation. I think we could probably talk forever, but let's share with people how they can find you. So what's the best avenue for people to connect with you? So if it's me you want, then I'm on NovaliWilder.com. I'm also Novali Wilder on all the social media things, you know, Twitter and Instagram and Pinterest and where you find the young people nowadays. Uh, on Facebook, I'm Novali Numerology and I have a podcast, the Numerology Podcast. I have a school, the Numerology School. I have a book uh, that came out last year, a little bit of numerology from Sterling Publishing and it's available nationwide. So if it's like interesting and you want to know your own numbers and like name vibrations and calculate your own stuff, then that book is a great like introduction to the kind of numerology that I use. Yeah, amazing. I will put all of those links in the show notes as well. I think I will be purchasing that book, I can tell you now. <laughs> I'm always, as you've already kind of touched on, the more we know about ourselves, like it seems to be a, a thing that we want to know more about yes, who and we the are. patterns and, you know, like looking up the numeroscope of your childhood sweetheart and your best friend. <gasps> Like, I'm like, sometimes people are like, I didn't get it for me, but I got it for everyone else. And then I'm like, yeah, no, because we are the blind spot. That's why sometimes you need a reader. But like, sometimes it's so easy to see in other people like, oh, you're such an eight or you're such a four, like, because these are the numbers we deal with. And I love that, you know, <laughs> when yeah. I'm like, oh, you're doing that because you're a five. Uh -huh. <laughs> oh, I love it. Do you do that for all of the people you know, or you just kind of, you've reined that in now? I, you I do it for, for some people because I'm like, uh, it's, it's how to talk to people sometimes. Because if you know that people see the world very differently and they have very different gifts, then as a friend, I just, it's the, I mean, people don't need anyone to knock them down. Like we really don't like, I'm, I'm very sure that our internal voice is negative enough. I never need to really rein anyone in. Mm -hmm. I need to be the cheerleader. Most of us need more cheerleaders and believers in our life that says like, yes, you can do it. I want to hear your idea. Please share your grand empire with me. Or like, it's okay to tell me that this task is too hard. You know, that's also for me, 
I am a cheerleader and I will usually offer people solutions, but for some base numbers or some of my friends, I'm like, you didn't come for a solution. You came because this was hard and you just want to share that that was hard. And I can say, I really understand why that would be hard for you. And maybe it's time to like throw in the towel on that and go do something more fun. Yeah. Some people are not here to break their backs and like climb every mountain. That's also, you know, the understanding of like people are here for different things and I celebrate what they're here for instead of going like, oh, you should, you should, you should toughen up. They got yeah. the internal voice for that. They don't need me. They don't need you. Well, I can tell you now that your friends and family and clients are very grateful to have you in their life Thank because you. we all need Thank more you. cheerleaders. Definitely. So yes. <laughs> Thank you so much, Nopalee. It's been absolutely delightful speaking with you. Thank you, Helen. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for being here with me today, talking about sanctuary and spirituality. I hope that the learnings you received in this episode are helpful for you on your own journey. But as always, I'm here to support you. So if you would like, please do reach out and share your thoughts with me. And also please feel free to like, share, comment or review this episode. If you'd like to connect with me more, please go to my website, helenjoybutler.com and I invite you also to join the Sanctuary Inner Circle. That's our beautiful group who talk about sanctuary spirituality and everything in between. But until next time, take care and much love.